welcome to the Audible Ecstasy Podcast. Each week we sit around and discuss the music from our past. Sometimes we agree. I call it iconic. It's a 10. That riff is un- it's incredible. Clearly a 10. This is one of the most iconic songs of the 80s. Um, iconic from start to finish. And sometimes we disagree. The song sounds like something you might hear at your aunt's funeral. The absolute worst lyric ever. It's like stuffing the sock in your pants and you got nothing else to tell me. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Dobrý den, dnes posloucháme Audible Ecstasy Podcast. <laughs> oh, awesome, yeah. Man. Love it. Love <laughs> it. Anthony, you stole your thunder, man. You're not, you're not going to beat that. Yeah, you can't beat that, guys. Welcome. Yeah, well, you know, mine was just, uh, mine was just, let's crawl a while. It's the Audible Ecstasy Podcast. So That's not a, not a bad one either. All right, guys, we're back with uh, another Audible Ecstasy Podcast. We're closing out the year pretty much. With a special guest, we have Anthony's brother in town, Matt. Matt is visiting us from the Czech, is the Czech Republic? Czech Republic. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he has graciously chosen this week's album, The Doors, L.A. Woman. And we've all got together, had a week of rocking out to this album. And we're looking forward to hearing some opinions, some thoughts, some good ones, some bad ones. I'm sure it's coming. You guys ready to do this? I'm ready. You guys ready? I think we're ready. All right, guys. Let's start this album off with the first song. It's called The Changeling. Hit it, Chris. I know we didn't discuss an order here, and um, I think we'll do it traditionally. I'm going to start this thing off, and then, Anthony, let's let your brother go after Chris so that you can do your closeout with the, uh, like you always do for us, with uh, any kind of interesting facts. Does that sound good? That sounds good to me. Awesome. All right. Well, let's get this thing rolling. The Changeling, it's a funky, groovy opening song that has some good guitar work, uh, but as with most Door songs, it's really about the atmosphere in this tune. This album will utilize keys through and through, and um, you're going to get that just that deep voice of Jim Morrison, highs and lows. Um, I think this song is pretty much a perfect way to open this album. Um, I really wasn't super familiar with this song in particular. I was more familiar with the hits off this record. Uh, So this one grew on me this week. I find it to be somewhere between very good and excellent. I'm at a seven and a half on this one. Uh, Chris, what do you think about The Changeling? Yeah, this one definitely grew on me over the week. Uh, I mean, the Doors basically it's it's all about Jim Morrison. The guy has a commanding presence on the microphone, and he like 
he blasts through on this one. I, I got to say, I didn't really, you know, I'm with, like you, Jimmy, I knew the hits. Uh, maybe I knew two songs on this album, to be honest, before we went in. And he has got like a raw rawness to his vocals that I did not expect because the, the hits, you know, Riders on a Storm, for instance, there's nothing raw about that. It's very polished. But some of these like more blues rocking songs at the beginning of this album, he just kind of, it's it's raw, but it's powerful. And the way he does, it's great. Uh, this is a very good way to start this album. I think it's a great song. I gave it an eight. Hey, fair enough. Matt, how, how, how does your thoughts change on this Changeling song? Talk to us. Yeah, I liked it quite a bit. To me, it had that uh, West, Coast, West Coast soul blues feel to it. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard a song by Otis Redding called Tramp, but it, it, was, uh, it was that no, typical. This song had a very similar beat. Wow. Um, and it, I think it's part of that whole um, West Coast blues uh, or kind of soul blues. I also got it kind of like a James Brown feel to it. Ah, yeah, definitely. I, mean, I yeah, definitely got James Brown in that. Yeah. I really can. I could see him on stage doing this one. Just do that. Get on up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah definitely hear that. Yeah. yeah, it's got that kind of soul blues funk to it, and uh, it's a good way to kind of open the album and say we're here, we're the Doors. Let's do this. Yeah, it's a good way to put oh, yeah. it. Never thought about that. I can Do see you know more in scoring scale. I don't, you may not know that, so I don't know if you. Yeah, scoring scale. I agree with um, James. Uh, if you don't mind, if I call you James, you, you can. You sure can. Yeah. <laughs> He's been called worse, I'm sure. Uh, uh, James is a nice name. It's an English name. It's, it's very historic. It's it has a it has true. a kind of a regal Preach feel it. to it. Regal, I like that. It's I like King that. James. I will be King James. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd put it like seven and a half to eight. It's not the best song on the album, but it's definitely a very good song. Like very somewhere nice. between seven very and eight nice. for me. Mm. All right. Well, Anthony, it's your turn. What do you think about the changeling? Bad and sloppy cleanup, I guess. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, like you said, Jimmy, it's groovy and funky is what I wrote about it. I feel like I'm stepping, stepping back in time. I'm in a bad thing, you know, kind of a groovy time back then. Digging it, great lead in, band sounds fantastic. Uh, no complaints. I gave it an 8-2. And there was a little bit of song facts on this one. Um, a changeling is a mythological creature who is substituted for a human baby, is what that said. The changeling was usually an outcast, which kind of fits Jim Morrison if you think about it. I'm sure he felt like he was an outcast. Uh, this was the B-side of Riders on the Storm. I thought it was kind of cool to learn that wow. fact. And a personal note, the movie The Changeling by George C. Scott is a fantastic ghost story. One of the scariest ones and creepiest ones I've seen and one of my favorites. So I had to throw I that out to bring there, it so. up because I, I, yeah, I, remember I remember you being a fan movie, of that actually. movie quite a bit. I was going to ask you yeah. if it, uh, it, it reminds you of that. It's streaming on Shudder right now. I make it Shudder, which I'm a big fan of that service. Mm. So anyways. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. We're going to move this up to track number two. It's called Love Her Madly. Chris? Say, don't you love her badly? 
you know, this is one of the songs that it's hard to it, just get a whole feel for the entire song when you can only get about a minute of worth of music. Because, you, know, you know, this thing changes a couple mm, times yeah. as we as we were getting ready to go into a change in, uh, in I guess, rhythm, if you will. Um, I do love this opening riff. I think it's so simple and catchy. That simple guitar. Dun, 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 dun. I mean, that's just fantastic. And I, uh, it's one of the few door songs I can play on guitar. It's because it's so, so easy. <laughs> um, I know it was a single. Like I said, I... Um, this is it's just one of those ones that's in, been in the back of my mind since I was young because you know it's one of those songs you hear and it kind of sticks with you at least in my in my life uh, it's one of my favorites uh, by the doors not just off this album um, the keys uh, keyboards present very heavily and it drives the feel and atmosphere in this song as well um, and there's like that under uh, underwriting subtle blues shuffle going on in the background I don't know if you guys can hear that as well it's it works, man. I think, and there's probably a reason why this is a single release. And it's probably one of their most iconic songs. I don't know how true that's going to be. I find this one to be a ten because I know it's. I, it was the first single. I mean, it was an absolute favorite from fans. So I think it's a ten. I, in my opinion, I think it's a ten. Chris, what do you think about Lover Madly? Yeah, I don't think it's a ten. I disagree with you on that. Simply because I didn't really know the song going in, and really? I, I guess I'm not a huge Doors fan, so that's the reason I don't know. But the ones I do know, uh, come on, man, I consider <laughs> ten. Okay. So sorry about that. Well, yeah, yeah, no, no, uh, that's good. Yeah, I saw this was a single. I, I was a little surprised when I looked at the singles, and "L.A. Woman" wasn't a single on this album. Assuming Wikipedia is right about that, it's Wikipedia. They may be wrong so, about you that. know they're always right about it's, every single. Yeah, thing I mean, because so. I mean that one I knew right, so I, I was a little surprised by that. I, I think I knew that one. Well, we'll get to that one later. But yeah, this one's got a real catchy chorus to it. It, it feels like a single. It's more polished than the previous song, as far as that goes. Uh, it, it is a little dated. That said, I, I don't consider that an insult. I've said that in the past. You, you like if you enjoy the the time frame, the datedness is from, then it's like all right, you just appreciate it for what it is. Right. Uh, but it definitely has that late '60s, early '70s feel to it. I'll be honest; it kind of flows a little bit like a Beatles song or something. If if you guys, I don't know if you guys agree with that or not. Well, I mean, they me, were all playing in the same pool at this time, anyways. So. Yeah, but I don't think <laughs> like when I think of those two bands, they don't feel very similar at all to me. Uh, maybe maybe late Beatles yeah. is a little more similar to these guys. Uh, it's possible, I guess. But I do think it's a great song. I gave it an eight as well. So ah, fair enough, Matt. Yeah. What do you think about Love or Madly? Uh, yeah, I think this is like really up there. Um, I like the, the fact that this one has, I mean, for me, one of the signature marks of the doors are those organs and keyboards by Ray, um, uh, Manzarek. Yeah. Uh, and this song has it. This is why this is like really up there for me as a door song. Cause it's got the Jim Morrison, you know, classic vocal. I was actually surprised this was on LA woman. Cause I always thought this was earlier. It even has almost like an earlier feel to it for me. Like it could be on an album with um, Light My Fire, for yeah, example. Could it that. could be early. I was surprised it was really uh, this late. Um, yeah, and I like the fact, um, I think both of you have mentioned how the song kind of changes. It, it starts out very like uh, pacey kind of, and then it kind of changes up in the middle and becomes almost like a like a happy kind of bouncy. Uh, right. All your love is gone. <laughs> You're just yeah. having fun, bouncing around. It's but, very bouncy. I can see yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I like this song. I would give this probably, I mean, for me, I think I'm going to give the highest mark to the song L.A. Woman itself. So 
I'll reserve my 10 probably for LA woman. <laughs> just, just so you know, these guys litter some episodes with 10, so it doesn't just have to be one. Just so you well, know. Yeah, but you, I mean, you don't have to use one. <laughs> yeah. But I think uh, I'll keep the 10 for really like the, the, the really the highest cool. standard possible. I'll give this one a, a nine. Okay. Give it a Fair nice enough. Life. That's good. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Anthony, what do you think about Lover Madly? Well, I mean, I gave it a 10. I think it's iconic. I knew this one. I'm not even a big Doors fan, and I know this one. Uh, it's pretty Same. easy to know. Uh, I do kind of like that little funky intro. Uh, Jim's voice, again, is amazing. His voice alone, I think, is iconic. When you hear it, you know it's the Doors. He's got one of those distinct voices like that. It's easily singable, very catchy riffs, uh, digging it. And Song Facts had a uh, little bit of on this one, too. In fact, every song had something on this this week. Uh, Lover Madly, like you guys said, was the first single released from the L.A. Woman album, their last with Jim Morrison. The single was issued in March of 71, around the same time Morrison left for Paris. He died there in July. Morris performed the song only twice at the Dallas State Fair Music Hall uh, in, on December 11, 1970, and at the New Orleans Warehouse the next day. So it's kind of interesting to learn that fact, too, that he wow. really didn't get a chance to really make this song what it could have been since he passed away at such a... I think he passed away at 29, if I'm not mistaken. There's like a like a curse of 29. Like, it was like 27. 27, 27. Yeah, 27. Yeah. There's like a curse of 27. A lot of actors, like Heath Ledger, I think, died at 27. Amy Winehouse died at 27. There's some kind of weird little curse like that floating around. Kurt also, Cobain. Yeah. yeah, that's I what I was going to say. Be my guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't do Pretty drugs bills. at 27. What are you going to say? I was going to say that, too. I think also at uh, 27... Kurt Cobain also wasn't uh, like uh, Janis Joplin and Jimi Hendrix. Also, Hendrix I think the same too. Yeah, uh, they were all, sure. a lot of people, man. Wow, it's sad. twenty-seven for some reason. Twenty-seven, man, is uh, you get past Rough. that as an actor, I guess you're doing good. <laughs> well, I was going to ask. I didn't know if it, so. This is the last album they released. It know, is the yeah. rest of it's yeah. all just like greatest hit stuff. Maybe but the crazy thing is, is like their sixth and final album. But they came out like in the late mid to late sixties. They were putting out some content between yeah, churning them out. A lot of bands, a lot of bands did though. You know, because you talk, you know, heck, the Beatles were doing two albums a year there for a long time. They had so. like twenty one albums out by the time they broke up, and they only came. <laughs> they hit it big in the early sixties. Sixties six. So, that's the thing. You look at the Beatles, a lot of that stuff's like two minutes long. I mean, the songs <laughs> don't take very long. To, to that's probably why they broke well, up was, and flamed out. Though, that was your radio that. friendliness back in yeah. the 60s. No, no, and they, they, they took over radio for sure. All right, guys, we'll move this thing forward with a third song. It's called Been Down So Long. Chris, hit it. Been down so long. This one is absolutely bluesy, groovy, 
and it did grow on me throughout the week. This is the kind of song you don't think about the doors when you think about the doors. This is absolutely paying homage to their roots, their absolute drive for blues rock, if you will. Um, it is absolutely a fantastic song. Um, this essentially is what the doors were made of blues. And a lot of folks may not talk about that because of their hits are not necessarily the most bluesy songs, but this one absolutely drives hard and it is fantastic. I find this to be an excellent song. I, uh, or between great and excellent, I should say, I got, I gave this one an eight and a half and it is certainly worthy of probably higher scores, but you know, this one probably the, it's my sneaky good song this week. So it's my sleeper. Chris, what do you think about been down so long? You guys know how I feel about blues rock. Uh, this is my favorite song on the album. I love the vocals on this. It's just so raw and powerful and expressive. I mean, you can almost hear pain in his voice the way he's singing these. Uh, it's it's crazy. I love the slide guitar throughout the song. I mean, guitar-wise, it's one of the best songs on the album. Uh, more so because of the way I, I like to hear my music, I guess. I'm not sure if this is a cover or not. I know the other blues song on this album is a cover, but... Uh, this might be an original. I don't, I don't know if you guys, I'm sure, maybe Anthony has a little song facts on that. I think this um, one was original, Chris, because I think the other okay. one, the the Crawling King Snake, was Yeah, the, that was the cover on the, the John Lee okay. Hooker. Well, yeah, well written song. Then. I wasn't sure if I should give them credit for that or not, but man, I uh, think fantastic. So. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Very bluesy sounding tune. Uh, I mean, it's not iconic, so I'm not giving it a 10, but I am giving it a nine and a half because it's my favorite song on the album. And I, I will say this. Uh, we've talked about changing the way we score these things next year. If we'd have done this in January, it'd have been a ten for me because it will—it is my favorite song on the album. But See, that's uh, exactly what I'm looking forward to, kind of yeah. updating the, the scale, if you will. All right. Yep. Well, Matt, what do you think about "Been Down So Long"? Yeah, um, I really liked it. Maybe I'm not as high on it as you guys are. I thought it was a really good song. I don't know that it, that it, though, is any different from any other great blues song. Um, there are a lot of great blues songs from a lot of great artists. I mean, to me, it was like a, just a good blues tune. I like Jim Morrison's voice. Um, you know, it's like, it's kind of that, um, that L.A. woman voice. Yeah. We're just kind of, you know, screaming from the other side of the universe. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I would give it like uh, between a, a six and a seven. Wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. Uh, so just in all fairness, we, they look surprised. But if we were being honest with the scale, which Anthony never is, let's just be honest. <laughs> hey, come uh, on, man. Like, come on. Well, man. it's true. He, somebody's he got somebody's to be the happy party on here. Can't all <laughs> but be. But I mean, that downers. is a fair assessment between good and very good. If I, <laughs> hey, I mean, here it is. Dude, so like, well, everybody else yeah. like, wow. It's all how it is for some of these guys. That's not a bad. That's not bad though. It's between good. No, it's not. That's a fair score. Well, I just think like this is something, I mean, if you, if you take away Jim Morrison's vocals, it's really something you'd hear in any blues house. That's true. You've got, that is very true. Yeah. So anyway, I will say this, Matt, the surprise is when you're not a very familiar with all of the doors, you're only familiar with the hits like myself. Yeah. Yeah. You hear this, it absolutely kicks you right in the face. You're like, oh my God, these guys absolutely have some true blues. Drive I don't know they had this dimension. And, well, yeah, and that's where the shock comes yeah. in. You know, um, I expect the Riders on the Storm, the LA Woman, you know, the, the, the hits, if you will. I don't expect them to come out and hit hardcore raw blues right in your mouth. Yeah. I have to say also, maybe I'm a little bit uh, influenced by the fact that I love their song, 
Roadhouse Blues. That's the oh, it's that, awesome, awesome. Uh, that's song. sort of oh, my God. Doors Blues standard, and I don't see this song as measuring up to that. But I, I, I could agree with that. I've been a little bigger yeah. into the Doors too than I have throughout the years. So. Yeah, maybe I was a little bit more into the Doors than than Anthony was. So. Yeah. For so, yeah, sure. Sorry. Right. Yeah. No, that's cool. That's cool. Anthony, go ahead and summarize this. What do you think about being down so long? Well, I mean, I gave it a nine. I think it's excellent. <laughs> but yeah. I'm the I'm the I'm the happy prom queen over here. So I mean, that's who I am most you of these episodes. So, yeah. but somebody's got to be. Um, but you know, it's a bluesy, groovy song. Has a serious punch to it. It's very heavy. You know, I could see this being an early precursor to hard rock or metal because uh, it uh, had that kind of punch to it that really wasn't popular. Metal wasn't popular at that time. Hard rock wasn't popular at that time. And some of these bands really helped to influence that sound. I could see this song being one of those, like a Sabbath, that really helped to be an influence to some of that earlier, heavier stuff. This is a heavy song for the late 60s, if you think about it, even though it is very blues-driven. But that was my initial thought about it. Uh, I could hear some foundations of metal or rock, hard rock in it. Um, Jim's voice is perfect for it. I love the solo in the middle as well. Uh, great song. There was a bit of song facts, like I said, for every song this week. Uh, the title was inspired by Richard Farina's 1966 novel, Been Down So Long. It looks like up to me. Farina died in a motorcycle accident two days after it was published. The lyrical content was driven by the band's sense that they were constantly being harassed by authorities Notably, Jim Morrison's various arrests. So that's kind of where it uh, came from. And he got arrested a lot. I saw something where he got arrested in Miami for indecent exposure. And Oh, yeah. That was a big he, one. Yeah, it was a big one. I don't know how big it was, but uh, you know what I mean. But anyway. Ah. So. Oh. It's going to go blue, don't you, Anthony? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, well, I think, yeah. I think if it's bigger, they call it, uh, they don't call it indecent, but, you know. He got exposed for pretty decent exposure. He got arrested right, right, for right. pretty decent exposure. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was just going to say, uh, going back to the serious stuff, um, I think it's true, especially if you listen to like early Led Zeppelin, they're heavily blues influenced. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that they come straight out of the blues, Led Zeppelin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fantastic yeah. stuff. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, so there, there is that, that blues influence. Sorry, go ahead. A, a lot of those bands were, I mean, honestly, those bands that were from a European, uh, you know, you talk about Sabbath was absolutely, Tony Iommi was a, right. founded in the blues. Uh, of course, yeah. you can go down Jimmy Page's road. Um, and obviously, Eric Clapton is one of the king of the blues. Yeah, you know, I mean, they, just, they credit like the Yardbirds being another early heavy metal influence. You know, it doesn't have to sound like metal to be an influence. It just was... The, what I was saying is the foundations, you know, of, yeah, right, of where right. where people started hearing these heavy riffs going, we should build upon that, and then that eventually became metal. I think Sabbath was the first official metal band. <clears throat> Maybe Zeppelin was one of those two, but it was. That's yeah. always open for discussion, but yeah, they are the founding fathers. I, I would agree to that for sure. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, let's move us forward to track number four. It's called "Cars Hiss by My Window." Chris. Like the waves down on the beach. I got this girl beside me, but she's out of reach. Headlight through my window, shining on the wall. 
I'm even going to read my notes on this one because what Matt said just a couple of minutes ago, it absolutely made me rethink everything because this is Blue Shuffle and A for those musicians out there. And it is absolutely the basics that you learn when you're a striving guitarist bassist in the blues. I am, uh, I'm going to reconsider my score on this one. I was originally going to be at about a seven and a half on it because I thought it was so good and unusual, but it's unusual for the doors, I guess, kind of what, you know, what you may have expected, but it's a simple song. And I do mean simple. Um, I would think it's somewhere now between very good or between good and very good. I'm probably going to lower my score down to six and a half just based on Matt's insight, because he's right. Any blues bar would have been playing this at any given time, even to this day. So, wow, that's, that was some insight that I didn't even think about on that previous song and yeah, I'm a, I'm actually going to lower my score to six and a half because it is so such a simple blues riff. I mean, I could I can do it on my seven string. <laughs> I just it's that easy. I can make it sound deeper, or, and I can still do it in A, so it doesn't matter. All right, nonetheless, I'm gonna go six and a half. Chris, what do you think? What are your thoughts? Well, I have six and a half, but I didn't have to lower it because I knew that going in, right? Uh, <laughs> it's a good point uh, that Matt made, and it definitely applies to this song. This is a basic blues song. We get right down yeah. to it. It's something you can hear in any bar. There's a restaurant down here on State Street that uh, Delta Blues on, I think Friday nights. Maybe they have a blues band come in. You can sit there and listen and eat your ribs and everything. It's it's like actually it's fantastic, Jimmy. We should go do that sometime. But uh, I'm not sure it's for, anyway. Uh, you know this song. Uh, the one thing I will say that's kind of interesting about it, if you listen with headphones on, I didn't notice this when I was just like during the morning and evening commutes, but when I was pulling the clips and listening to it more closely, you can hear people in the background like cheering him on. It's almost like he walked in a bar somewhere, plugged up an amp and started recording. And <laughs> and I mean, like maybe like maybe there's like another blues band there that was just like, eh, just cheering him on like, yeah, good job, you know, kind of thing in the background. It's faint, but you can hear it. Uh, yeah, I'm six and a half. I think it's between good and very good. It's just a basic blues song. Nothing wrong with it, but it's uh, it's nothing special either. All right. Fair enough. Matt, what do you think about Cars Hits By My Window? Yeah, I'm going to kind of maybe contradict myself a bit because I gave this <laughs> one. Uh, <laughs> this, oh I have to God. say, I have to say, after L.A. Woman, this was my second favorite song on the track. Wow. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. so... I would probably give it like a nine. Oh, wow. Uh, but just because um, I totally understand that it's a simple, simple blues uh, right, riff. Right. But I just loved, I loved it from the, like the cinematic perspective. It's a very autobiographic. You can really just, I think this is something Jim Morris probably lived through, you know, sitting in a room, listening to the cars. I just, it was a very like, um, yeah, I, I wrote down in my notes like it's very autobiographical. And um, I liked Morrison's vocals. I liked the part, uh, we didn't unfortunately get a chance to hear this, but when he says, uh, he says, um, windows shaking like a sonic boom. 
and he and then he repeats it windows shaking like a sonic boom and then he says boom <laughs> like you're, you're expecting you know it repeats twice and you're expecting it's over and then he comes back in just with a boom just to like drive home the point I thought that was cool. And then at the end, if you guys heard that, which when it first came on, I thought that was a guitar solo. And it's just uh, Jim Morrison's voice through a voice box. Like right. when the when the note first came on, I was like, well, what kind of guitar is that? And then after a few seconds, yeah. I was saying, hold on a second. That's actually Jim Morrison's voice. That's not a guitar. Yeah, so that, that's, uh, that's what that's made it trickery. stand out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I really liked this one. Yeah. Wow, fantastic. All right. Well, I will say this, like and we've listened to this for a week and this isn't an album I'm familiar with. We really need more time because you know, this is something you know and and like it's something you've listened to a lot over the years. Uh, I will say the longer, you know, sometimes we'll have like a week off and we'll we'll come in and list something for 2 weeks and if I had 2 weeks on this, I might have a different score on some of these songs. It's just the more you listen to it, the more it soaks in, but uh I can see if you're like a fan of this album and been listening to it for a long time, certain things might be, it might surprise other people that they're just listening to it for the first time, you know, how much you like it, because it does kind of seep into your subconscious, I think. Yeah, but I, I'm, if I was basically just on music, I would have it probably just a five, because it's just a standard, standard blues yeah. tune uh, for me, maybe even a bit lower, because there's really nothing spectacular about those blues but just that right. i love that i love the story the the picture it paints and that so, yes. uh, that boom i loved that boom <laughs> when he comes back with that with that third boom that's that's great and then that uh that voice box guitar solo thing at the end really put it over the top that's for me. awesome awesome all right, Anthony, Anthony summarizes for us. What are your thoughts of Cars Hits by My well, Window? Uh, you know, to piggyback off him, that uh, the song flag said that wah-wah sound you hear on the song was Morrison impersonating a guitar and then a harmonica. So he has a harmonica and guitar he impersonates in this. So Jimmy I thought that was kind of interesting. You know, I'm actually in the other direction. I'm going up a notch. I had it at six. I'm going to a seven after hearing that clip. Uh, it just hit me a little better today. You know, it's a bluesy, jazzy number. It's not something I would expect. And like I said, I wrote my notes. It'll have to grow on me a lot more. But I do like the sound of it. It's a it's a solid tune. It's in a good spot on the album, I think. You know, and but it, it's yeah, I think we'll bump it from a six to a seven for me after that little sound clip because I really like the just the simple nature of it. It's really good, and you can almost feel them tripping acid in that room. Like it's talking about the woman, you know drifting away from them and all and you know they're just stoned out of their mind and i don't get an acid vibe i get a, a weed vibe from this one i, can, I, I don't totally know see I, no one more more jazz musicians uh, more like, well it could yeah. be it could be yeah. acid's really. a little later on trust me we'll get there yeah uh, yeah very soon <laughs> right, right. yeah i'm gonna bump it up to a seven so I'm gonna fair enough decent tune all right let's head up the final song on side one it's called la woman hit it chris
fantastic groove it's just simply a great way to end the first side of this record I mean, i've been a fan of this song for a very long time it's one of the ones that was uh it wasn't a single but it was definitely one of the ones that was prominent uh at least in my listening years of this uh, this band and gra- granted it is related to basically greatest hits only for me um i remember this one being prominent whenever the movie came out back in i want to say maybe 89 90 i think it was like mid 90s jimmy if I'm was it, no i don't think it was that late was it i think it, i, I think well, it maybe was. it was dang maybe it was that's one uh, with meg ryan val kilmer and, uh, yeah val kilmer wasn't it? yeah yeah I, I remember this song being in it um i do love i love the guitar in it uh, i love that driving bass line the soft drumming the keyboards actually adding atmosphere yet again man jim's voice he's using all his emotion on this one he's rocking out um I uh, although it wasn't a single, I'm still thinking this is a one of the better songs in this album. I'm I'm at a nine and a half on this one. Chris, what do you think about L.A. Woman? Yeah, I was surprised uh, that this wasn't a single. Honestly, when when I got into it, because it's one of the the few that I actually knew pretty well when I heard it. Yeah. I guess that's because it's been in movie soundtracks and right. uh, even a commercial I'm pretty sure that, that it's in like some <laughs> with old what's his name with Johnny Depp's like, so it's some damn uh, you know actually I think it's the next song that's on that commercial anyway uh, dig the guitar runs it's like a big jam session a lot of the time but it's got a great it's a groove driven song that just kind of I mean it goes on eight minutes but you, it feels like it flies by when you listen to it so that's that's impressive I think uh, Jim's vocals, they kick in when necessary, but they're not really over the top, I don't think. I think, I think it's just like a perfect blend where it needs to be on this song. Uh, because I knew it, I'm giving it a 10, man. I don't, I, I'm surprised it wasn't a single, but I definitely cool. know this song. Uh, and it's probably because of movie soundtracks and stuff like that, but it's got a great groove to it. Uh, I think it's iconic in their disco- discography, so I'm giving it a 10. Very good. Matt, what do you think about Ellie Woman? Yeah, I... Love this song. Absolutely. It's a 10. If I could go higher than 10, I'd go higher than 10. <laughs> Given um, 11, it's fine, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't even make any notes on this song just because I know it so well. Uh, yeah, this song, actually, I mean, unfortunately, we just heard a little clip, but uh, what I, I really love that place in the middle where it just kind of slows down and gets really chilled out. You guys know that oh, yeah. part oh, yeah. I'm talking about? I mean, that is so smooth. And it's like they're just kind of, they're taking us along on this journey. And they're like, okay, we're just going to give you a little break right now. You guys just relax, take it all in. And then comes that Mr. Mojo Rising part, which is actually Jim Morrison. I read that Mojo Rising is just the letters of Jim Morrison rearranged. Still I my guess, thunder, man. Oh, sorry. That's I, okay. I you guys <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so and then that mo yeah that mr mojo rising comes on that's like the third part of the song and then it like circles back around and then it just it's the when it after the mojo rising part it comes back you know well i just got into town about an hour ago it's the it just repeats the uh, introduction part so it's really like you've just cruised you've done one cruise around la and you're now right. going back for your second uh turn around right, or yeah. circle around 
the the city. I never thought about it like that. So yeah, that's I would give this one yeah ten. And the way they're just jamming, it just sounds like a jam session. It does. It really just sounds like you know some brilliant musicians just in a studio jamming, and uh, the the piano uh, really drives that song too. Not only the guitar but the piano. Yeah, outstanding song, one of the best ever. I think I, I give it an eleven. There we go. That's what we're talking about. That's awesome. Anthony, give us your summary of L.A. Woman. Yeah, I don't. This man didn't have a permanent bass player, right? Was it? They did. They just had a piano or a keyboard and guitar and. They had Morrison. yeah. The no, piano they was had, done. Yeah. It was done by uh, Ray Manzarek. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, they weren't like a, a traditional. They had one instrument missing traditionally from this band, from what I remember. Yeah, it was bass. It was bass. I yeah. mean, and they didn't have a. He used keyboard bass. bass is what. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah. That's why it kind of gave them a unique sound too. Is they didn't have a yeah. traditional bass sound. So strings. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I wrote that. Uh, that intro alone is iconic in my mind. I gave this one a ten. I mean, I love how Jim sounds, how the band sounds, how the song grooves. That little breakdown like Matt's talking about is so good in the middle of it. Uh, easily iconic. It's a 10. And to kind of go off what he was saying, that Mojo Rising, it is an anagram for Jim Morrison. And it said in song facts, he repeats the phrase at the end of the song faster and faster to simulate orgasm. Early, I don't know why it, it does that. I don't know why. That's what it said in song facts. So anyways, but early blues musicians often refer to their mojo like in the Muddy Water song, Got My Mojo Working. Uh, mojo is a hoodoo charm, usually a bag filled with items like roots, lodestone, rattlesnake rattles, alligator teeth, charms, coins, whatever does the trick. So I thought that was kind of interesting that uh, that's where Song Vax was talking about Jim Morrison, which doesn't surprise me. It sounds like a Morrison thing to do. He would do something like that in a song. So, If I'm not mistaken, Anthony, I think that in the movie they portray him as a young man getting a bag from a medicine really? man Indian. Yeah. Have you seen the movie? I, if I have, it's been a long, long time ago. Okay. So. I was just curious. It's, it's pretty, it's got some disturbing stuff and it's got some crazy stuff. Of course, there's a bunch of, you know, drug related I mean, stuff it, going on, but it's, there's a scene when he's a young man, he gets this bag from an Indian shaman. It's yeah. It's there's a thing here. It says too, if the bag were red, it would be a mojo for love. And you have to put a personal item such as hair, or a bit of clothing, if the mojo were made out of black, it would be for death. Uh, many white listeners, including Jim Morrison, thought mojo meant sexual energy, and that is how it's usually interpreted today, in part due to Austin Powers movies. So, absolutely, <laughs> yeah, my yeah. mojo baby. Would love to hear an Austin Powers cover of L.A. Door, of L.A. Woman. Speaking yeah. of good covers, the Bill- oh my <laughs> god, that'd be hilarious. The Billy Idol version of the song is really good, actually. That so. is actually a great version. You're right. So. You're right. Yeah, well, he's got the Billy voice Idol. for it. Billy Idol, lots of that's the second top week in a row we've discussed him. We're gonna have to review one of his. So album next year point. we gotta do Rebel Yell, I guess. Sometime. <laughs> I think so. I'll pick it. Crazy. I'll pick it. I'll that's pick hilarious. It. All right, guys, let's flip this record over. We're gonna go to the sixth song, track number one on the second side. It's called uh, America.
All right. The guitar opening, although we didn't hear that part, is something that makes you believe you might be in for something special. Unfortunately, it becomes a trip down acid lane. <laughs> this is one. This one is dark, and it's not one I could get into. Uh, the drums are basically the star on this one. I find this song easily skippable and downright bad. I gave it a three. A three? Oh. Wow. <laughs> that is, what is three on our scale again? It's bad. It's bad. It just means bad. It's, bad. it's a bad song. I think it's a really? bad song. I, I couldn't okay. get into it, Anthony, no matter how hard I tried. I, I listen All to this right. thing this, every day this week and because yeah. it's a pretty short record. <laughs> I just can't get into it. It's, I think it's terrible. Chris, what do you think about America? Or America? Let's get this out of the way. Chris's Flush of the Week. I will say, uh, okay, here's my notes. Uh, not really sure how to review this one, honestly. It, it feels like a bad acid trip set the music. Um, there's something kind of haunting about it. I will, I will say that, and it takes a lot of different turns. So, I mean, there's, you know, there's positives to it. Uh, and it does kind of get stuck in your head the more you listen to it. Uh, I did take a note here I'm going to read, but uh, don't take any offense, Matt. <laughs> apologize if, if you do because uh, yeah, I know this is your pick but uh, I was like I get the feeling it's a fan favorite and, and the reason I say that is because I noticed when you listen to it on Spotify there's a few songs that will have like video clips in with them and this is one of them so I do get the feeling it's a fan favorite uh, and I said that's primarily because most Doors fans are a bunch of stoner idiots but uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god there is a subset of these people that just love it because of the drugs that's it and i think those are the kind of people that probably like this song uh it's a flush for me it's a five it's a meh i mean a five a five is a flush uh, well, my flush That's is always the, the lowest score of the That's night. A, mine's a flush, obviously. The lowest score of the night is the flush. Oh, okay. Chris yeah, has got access yeah. to all these fancy little tools that we yeah. don't have, so he gets to play. Anthony won't spend ten show. bucks to get a, a soundboard to plug into his computer. I don't like. have ten bucks, man. <laughs> oh my god! All right, let's move this forward. Hey, I'm the one who pulls Matt, the clips. You, I get to. I get to. You do whatever you want on the soundboard. Right. Uh, Matt, what do you think about Lamerica? I'm giving this one a 10. No, I'm joking. I'm oh, joking. wow. <laughs> I'm joking, joking, joking. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm getting out the plunger and I'm pulling back everything Chris just flushed down. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> no, no, no. That's take, just the joke. Take it to heart. Um, I, yeah, this one, I think they, they tried to do something here. I'm not sure if they really pulled it off, but I mean, it's nice how the pace kind of changes a couple times. It makes it kind of interesting. You're like, oh, what's going on here? The lyrics are kind of a little bit funny, like he'll change your weather, change your luck. It'll teach you how to, you're expecting <laughs> fuck there, of course. And it says, find yourself. <laughs> uh, I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, but it, it's, as uh, James mentioned, the drums, the drums really dominate. It sounds like a march. Mm-hmm. sounds like Definitely. Jim Morrison and a bunch of, yeah. strung out people are marching down to Mexico basically that's what I got that. from and that's you know I don't want to be in that group I wouldn't mind like to watch from my window just as they go by <laughs> 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 to kind of see what's going on but I don't want to be marching that in that would group be hilarious. I can totally see that uh, I, I give it a, a, a five I mean there's something kind of uh, going on that makes it kind yeah. of interesting fair enough fair damn enough. my only one who went high on this one uh, yeah, apparently you were high. Stoner you were high, there, so man. you went so, high. Let's go, Stoner. Uh, <laughs> Anthony, I mean, talk to us about. I America. didn't go high too high. I gave it a seven. I thought it was very good. I uh, 
I guess it got with me because I like that creepy intro with the killer guitar. It's a, uh, you got this kind of haunted house feel to it that I really, really dig. And yes. anything, anything horror related, man, I'm automatically on board. And I dug that so much. Yeah, I feel like you're walking through a haunted house while you listen to it. That organ playing, it's so cool. Uh, the drums are really are the star on this one. I like the way it builds that bombastic conclusion too. Uh, so yeah, I gave it a seven. And this song, according to Song Facts, was recorded for the movie Zabriskie Point by Italian director Michelangelo Antonini. Antonioni. Antonioni. So uh, Matt's got a little better grip on the Italian language than me. <laughs> you know, I'm half Italian too, but. Uh, he rejected the song, and so the Doors put it on the album. I thought it was an early uh, soundtrack, one of the old Giallo films from the early 70s, but it actually Giallo. wasn't. This is more of a suspense thriller kind of thing, I think. But uh, wow. that's what it sounded like to me. I was just like, is this a Giallo you know, kind of sound that they were going for? Because that's what it sounded like. Like the Who was that group that did the score to Suspiria? I can't think of their name off the top of my head, but... Uh, it sounded like their kind of stuff at the start. So maybe that's why I liked wow. it so much because I love Suspiria. But uh, I was I'll, just going to add something about that. I know that that um, Zabriskie Point, the only reason I know that film is because I used to be a huge Pink Floyd fan and they're on oh, that yeah. album. They're on uh, the Rolling Stones are on that soundtrack. The, really? The Grateful Dead. I didn't um, know that. Oh, Pink wow. Floyd. That's quite the sound. Yeah, it had a really a lot of, a lot of big, big names in music were on that uh, soundtrack. Now, did they do that because they were a fan of the director, or did they just get paid to do it, do you think? Well, I'm sure money was involved at some point, but I don't really know, Chris. But I think uh, the director was the yeah. fan of this stuff, if I'm not correct. Maybe. Yeah. maybe and he maybe reached out it. to these, because these guys, you got to remember, the bands that are that are being selected by him were massive in this time. At that time, that was like... They the, were uh, massive. Yeah. Like, they were the big ones. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they weren't even huge in America at the time, so they were massive across seas. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that group was called Goblin, by the way. I know, I just thought of it. Let's have to throw it in there. Goblin. Gotcha. <laughs> Listen to their stuff. It's really groovy. But well, anyway, well, I will I say, Anthony, I, I liked it so much. I, I didn't think of this from the movie side of things, and I can totally see why you gave it a higher score than we did because it does feel like it fit right in a, a movie it soundtrack. soundtrack. Yeah, I agree. With kind of like a creepy horror sound. Yeah, I to love it. So that. I, I get I love that. that. Just uh, that haunted yeah. house vibe to it. So, no, I, I get yeah. that. For sure. All right, let's move us up to the next song on the second side here. It's track seven. It's called Hyacinth House. Chris? <laughs> that's going to be part of the problem in this song All right. so Hyacinth House to me it's uh, the guitars and bass working together here is nice this one's trippy tune that just like the predecessor it did not jive with me guys I uh, 
I don't know what it is. Um, I, I'll be honest with you. There's a part in this song that sounds like it's going bebop, 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 bebop <laughs> toward the end, and it absolutely makes me want to throw the – if I had a record, I'd throw it through a wall. <laughs> I, the only saving grace on this song is the guitars, in my opinion, and and vocals from Jim. Jim's vocals are outstanding, except for the bebop, bebop, bebop stuff. Whatever, <laughs> whoever did that, whatever happened, I don't know what's going on. If it's a computer doing it or what. This is not good, but it's not horrible. <laughs> I gave it a five and a half. I'm between mad and good. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna slam it. It is by far not Lamerica. But it's just not one. I could find this one skippable as well. Um, it just it never did jive with me, guys. About six listens, maybe seven listens this week. I just couldn't get into it. That's it for me. Five and a half. Chris, what do you think about Hyacinth House? It's kind of short but sweet on this one. It, it's a middle-of-the-road tune for me. It has a pleasant flow to it. I can't say it moves the needle much. It's good, nothing more. I gave it a six. Okay. Yeah, I, Matt. What do you? I, I, I get what you're saying about that bebop stuff, but eh, I mean, I'm pretty I overall just, decent, but nothing special. Yeah. Uh, bebop, bebop, bebop. Matt, what do you think about this song? <laughs> yeah, I kind of agree with you guys. I'd put it between a five and a six. I think to me, it had almost like a country feel at times. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So it was kind of like musically and lyrically a bit bizarre because there was just some different styles in there. Yeah, I'd put it between a five and a six. I think it's a pretty unremarkable song. I mean, no offense to to you, Anthony. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I know, I'm sure he's going to inflate the hell got, out of this mediocre song. Let's go. Nine point right. five. <laughs> it's, it's a fifteen, guys. All right, let it go. Talk to us, Anthony. What do you think about the highest? In the I house? I give it a six point five. <laughs> okay, uh, okay good. good. <laughs> yeah, I really <laughs> didn't <laughs> feel. <laughs> oh. Opening line is, I said, this doesn't even feel like a Doors song. So, I mean, it does feel kind of strange. Uh, right. Song itself is good. Not one that jumped off at me. Uh, isn't a skipper. Isn't one I would seek out. I give it 6.5. There were a couple song facts here that were kind of interesting. There were one of where maybe the song came from. Um, the line, I see the bathroom is clear, could refer to the bathroom in the studio where the song L.A. Woman was recorded. At the time, Jim Morrison insisted on recording the vocal track remotely from the bathroom rather than in the studio with the rest of the band. But then this other thing came out that said, according to Uncut Magazine, I see the bathroom is clear was literal. Morrison's friend, Babe Hill, emerged from the bathroom just as he was writing that verse. So there's two different reasons why that line came about. And Mm. it gets it's lost in the passages of time, but. I kind of like the idea of Jim Morrison just sitting in the bathroom trying to record lyrics and not wanting yeah. to. That, that seems like a very Morrison thing to do in my mind, you know. Yeah, it Morrison knew this song was so bad he was ready to flush it at the time he wrote it. That's impressive. <laughs> he was sitting on the toilet taking right. a dump he's when he's probably on him. the throne at the time trying to get rid of the crawling king snake. <laughs> oh, my God. That's exactly right. Speaking of, let's move this up to the third song on the second side, track of number eight. It's called Crawling King Snake.
Maybe not the best part, Chris. I know, You're welcome. Okay. It's, it is a good part. Um, it's all King good, Snake. though. Man, this well, I could just pull the guitar solo, but then you wouldn't have any lyrics. So, I mean, we yeah. Can, yeah, you're right. It's <laughs> all good. The whole song is good, so there's it no is. good part to cut. It's, it's one of those ones you'd have a tough one. Like I said, it's pure blues respect, guys. I love it. John Lee Hooker would be proud of this version if he ever said it. Um, the keyboards do work on this uh, remake, which um, makes it a great cover. Um, I think this is the second best song on the, on the second half of this album for sure. Um, it, and I kind of, and I may have went high on this one. I think it's great. I gave it an eight, and it might have been just out of mercy from the two pathetic songs that came before it. <laughs> but it is great. Um, and that's where I stand. Chris, what do you think about Crawling King Snake? You didn't go too high on that. You didn't. You actually you didn't go high enough, I don't think. Uh, look, you guys, again, I've I've noted my affinity for the blues rock. This is a straight blues rock. It's got such a great groove to it. I mean, it just, like, draws you in. Uh, I think these guys are at their best when they're doing this blues rock stuff. I really do. And that's more for me. I mean, I'm not a big fan of the drug-induced... Uh, what's the word i'm looking for you know the the stuff they kind of known for well like the uh psychedelic rock if you will that's not that's not my thing uh this is much better to me i think jim's vocals again have a commanding presence he's really good i don't know where did this guy grow up is he from california or did he grow up in he feels like a deep south originally i think he's from florida originally i think so but don't me on gotcha okay well just this song man it's great i love the way the the guitars and the keys keyboards kind of like merge in together during the song uh you know we mentioned john lee hooker is the original guy uh, my favorite current blues rock band the black keys also do, do a uh, cover of this on their latest album it was a single for them uh, that song didn't get a lot of praise because it's nothing but blues rock covers but but i'm telling you they they crushed it on that one too i give us a nine i think it's excellent Fair enough. Matt, what do you think about the crawling? Okay, well, I'm going back to my original thing with uh, been down so long. Uh, To me, yeah, classic blue standard, but it's nothing that I really got too excited about. Damn it, Matt. We're going to have some fighting words. You keep bashing these blues rocks. I like it, Matt. (laughs) Keep talking the trash. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it just doesn't. uh, Yeah. Look, it's a good blue song. But, you know, like I said earlier with the Bend Down song, you're going to hear this in every blues house in America. Um, yeah, I mean, they do it well. You know what I did read was that their producer left when they were making this. And so it gave them kind of a freedom just to have fun. Hmm. And so yeah. maybe that's why they feel like they're just having fun with some of these blues tunes, kind of going back to their roots. It feels like they're really enjoying it, but... You know, it just doesn't really do anything for me. I'll give it a, a six. Six? Six point <laughs> six point four five. Fair enough. Yeah, it's not worthy of the six and a half. I got you. I got you. All right, yeah. Anthony. What do you think about the crawling? I, I'm going to contradict him and get on Chris's side, man. I give this one a nine. I think it's excellent. Uh, I'm digging it. I, I wrote that I, I don't have a lot to say about it other than I like it. It's got a great bluesy sound that grooves. Jim and the band sound fantastic. And I bet if you were stoned on acid or something like this, something like that, it would really screw with your mind listening to someone like this. So, yeah, Crawling King Snakes. So, uh, Wikipedia actually had info on this one. Uh, Crawling King Snake has been recorded by numerous musicians 
and the song became a concert staple for dozens of blues rock bands. Yeah, just like I was saying, just nothing special about it. Just bog, exactly. bog, bog standard. I'm going to have to lower my score. Oh, my God. In 1971, <laughs> The Doors recorded an adaptation of Crawling King Snake. Band drummer John Densmore recalled that the group often listened to the song during their early years. Vocalist Jim Morrison suggested they record it, which the Doors did for this album. And except for the recording, they had a couple extra uh, instrumentations on it. Uh, Jerry Sheff was on bass and Mark Benno was on rhythm guitar. So they, f- they filled out the band a little more on this song, too. So I think it's a nine. I think it's excellent. But it's all in how you hear it, man. So yeah, his phone's upside down, so maybe it's a six. Well, I could be. Maybe if I turned my phone the other direction, it would have been a six. I didn't realize that. So. There you go. Nice job. Nice. All right. This is going to go to the fourth song on the second side, track nine overall. It's called The Wasp. Chris. The Negroes in the forest, brightly feathered. They are saying, What was that again? Yeah. Live with us in the forest of azure. Out here in the perimeter, there are no stars. Out here, we is stone, immaculate. I do enjoy the banter at the beginning. However, I don't appreciate the banter throughout. <laughs> this one is a driving blues number. The drums do stand out. I am going to go ahead and go on a limb and say that uh, Jim was probably tripping pretty hard when he wrote this one, or at least sang it. Um, nothing special about this song, in my opinion. Um, we went from having a pretty good cover to just mediocre, and, and or not mediocre, to good, I guess you could say. I'm at a six on this one. That's where I stand. Chris, what do you think about The Wasp? That's an interesting song, and it's really more like a spoken word song yeah. than 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 actual. Actually, the reason I know you guys think I pulled pulled the clip because of the first line there, but but I actually pulled that clip because he actually sings a little bit in that clip, and that's really the only time in the whole song he sings. Uh, you know, I get the feeling Jim could have been a, a good cult leader if he'd have wanted to. Uh, I get <laughs> Jim could. Jones vibes from this song. If you guys, I mean, Not you know what I mean. Like Jim I could Jones. see him like having mm. a cult down in South totally. America somewhere and. He he would have done well that with that route I think. Uh, it's it's interesting. This song is actually the bumper music for a sports talk radio show I listen to. I'll, I'll hear that. I didn't realize that. I didn't know that was a Doors really? song. That is like which which, uh, which sports show? Uh, it's a college football talk show down in Nashville that that I listen to. It's probably it's not like it's a the Jim Jones thing. college football. Show. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, guy named Bill King actually, but it's a good show. <laughs> But yeah, they like they well they do a lot of they get there's like a ZZ Top uh, bumper they they play different bumper songs but it's usually everything is like whoever pulled the clips for that or like right in my line of what I like to hear definitely has that uh, Texas shuffle to it 
so it's weird. I don't know how to rate this one. I gave it a seven because I think musically it's very good, but it's odd the way it's all like spoken word and stuff. Uh, but I still think due to the, the music style, I'm going to give it a seven. And I think it might be one that really draws you in over time too. So that could be Matt. What do you think about the wasp? Yeah, I think I agree with Chris on this. I had written in my notes. It sounds like Jim Morrison is giving a sermon. It sounds like he's (laughs) preaching. It really sounds like it's a sermon and it's an interesting song. I think that's the best thing you can say about it. Uh, It's a nice kind of weird combination musically, lyrically. They're jamming. They're having fun. It sounds like even, I know sometimes Morrison would just like ad-lib lyrics. I don't know if he's just, you know, ad-libbing stuff here. Yeah, but I would give it, let's let's say a 7.5. Oh, wow. Fair enough. Anthony, what do you think about the Wasp? Uh, I gave it an 8. I think it's great. Um, But I wrote poetry a lot in my life, and I love poetry, so I think it's an original that stood out to me. It's a funky tune. I enjoy the poetry of Morrison all throughout. I like the bass, organ, and drums backing him up. My wife just came home, so if you hear some noise in the background, that's what it is. Just let you guys know that. Uh, And the drums in this song are phenomenal. Uh, This song is unique. It's different. It works. It's another bluesy number that grooves hard, and I bet if you were on some massive amounts of weed, you could really figure (laughs) this one out. So. Um, but a pretty cool little song fact about this one. Uh, Texas radio refers to high-powered Mexican radio stations that blasted into Texas in the 1950s. Not restricted by American regulations, these stations, whose call letters started with X, could have up to 150,000 watts. Jim Morrison and Ray Manzarek both heard Wolfman Jack on one of them. So I thought it was kind of cool. That's where they got that little... You know, give a little nod to Texas Radio, which I didn't know anything about. So, uh, yeah, I give it eight, man. I think it's great. I'm digging it. You know, I like the poetry part of it, too. It's it's all in how it hits you guys. I just thought, uh, you know, a little bit low for me, but I still thought it was good. Nonetheless, let's move it to the final track on this record. It's called Riders on the Storm. Appropriate. It's rainy. Riders on the Storm. Riders on the storm Into this house we're born Into this world we're thrown Like a dog without a bone And actor out on loan Riders on the storm I realize Riders on the Storm is one of those trippy ones, um, but honestly, it's possibly my favorite door song of all time. I've always loved it. I don't know why. Um, there is so much going on in the tracking of this song. I, I don't know if you guys listened to it in headphones this week. I know, Chris, you said you did. I'm going to tell you something. 
the entire vocal line is backtracked with the whisper of him whispering the same lyrics over and over again. And there's Riders on the Storms being spoken in the background of this song throughout as well. It's just subtle. It's there. Um, I think this is the perfect closing song for this record. And this is the perfect closing song for Jim's life. This is the last song you hear new from The Doors and Jim Morrison. I think it's iconic, and I'm at a 10. Chris, what do you think about Riders on the Storm? Uh, this is probably their most well-known song on this album, I would say. Uh, very catchy chorus, easy to sing along to, very clean vocals. Uh, it's polished, you know. It's You can tell this was made to be a single. Uh, I love the rain in the background that kind of carries throughout this song. It kind of reminds me, like, when I go to sleep at night, I tell uh, Alexa to play thunderstorm sounds, and and that's what that's what it sounds like. <laughs> it's, like, nice and comforting to me. Uh, I love the guitar riffs. I love the way it mixes with the keyboard. Uh, it's somehow dated and timeless at the same time. I don't know how they do that, yeah. but, I mean... I don't know if that makes sense to you guys. I mean, you can tell it comes yeah, from that time frame, but it's also yeah. just a timeless song. Easily iconic. I mean, it, everybody should give this a 10. It's, there's no question about it. It's it, it's an easy 10. Easiest score of the night. All right. Matt, what do you think about Riders on the Storm? Uh, Yeah, I'll give that a 10 too. I think uh, 10 too. 10 also. Not not a 10 too, but a 10 also. <laughs> 10.2 it is. We got it. Yeah, 10.2. Uh, yeah, I like the fact that, I mean, it's a really mellow song, even though it's, there's a really mellow, atm- I mean, it's really a- atmospheric, this song. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just sucks you in from the, from the very beginning. I almost feel like, uh, it's, it's the calm before the storm or like the storm is on the way or you're in the eye of the storm because even though it's called Riders on the Storm, it's, to me, it's always been a very calm, mellow feel to it. Um, especially with that, uh, whispering that you yeah, talked about it's like so yeah this one is definitely a 10 it's got everything a great door song should have especially the, the keyboard i think it's also fitting as you were saying james it's also fitting that the song kind of ends with a keyboard because mm-hmm. that's always uh in addition to morrison's voice for me the signature sound of the doors has always been that um, ray manzarek's uh organ oh, yeah. and keyboard work so yeah fantastic all right anthony Summarize Riders on the Storm. What are your thoughts? It's my lowest score of the night, actually. No, I'm just kidding. How funny. <laughs> it's a 10, man. It's iconic. Uh, the intro alone is iconic. You know it when you hear it. Jim's voice is uh, super smooth. It fits the song perfectly. Band's killing it once again. I love the sound of the organ in the middle of it. Uh, just one great ballad from start to finish. Uh, another very creepy and eerie number. Um, and in a song, I don't think you'd want to be tripping out to either listening to it probably would mess you up something fierce <laughs> listening to this one. Right. Song facts. There's a few on this one. This was the last song Jim recorded. He went to France and died a few weeks later. The single was released in June of 71, shortly before his death. The song can be seen as an autobiographical account of Morrison's life. He considered himself a writer on the storm. The Killer on, Killer on the Road is a reference to a screenplay he wrote called The Hitchhiker, an American pastoral, where Morrison was going to play the part of a hitchhiker who goes on a murder spree. Uh, sounds like Jim Morrison. The lyrics, Girl, You Gotta Love Your Man, can be seen as a desperate plea to his longtime girlfriend, Pamela. And at the end of this song, I thought this was very interesting, there are sound effects of thunder and the faint voice of Jim Morrison whispering, 
Riders on the Storm, this was envisioned as his spirit whispering from the beyond. So, spooky stuff. (laughs) But I love it. His last song, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. All right, guys. Well, uh, to summarize this record, me, my final assessment, um, I think that this was a is a great journey down uh, into the Doors path. Although I wasn't super familiar with the record, um, my, my younger brother, he was a huge Doors fan, so I'd heard most of these songs throughout my life, but I was a Doors Greatest Hits guy. You know, I had that double album back in probably 91, 92, whatever it was. Uh, that was, you know, that was something I could listen to easily. And it's uh, it's a shame because I really missed out on a couple of good songs on here, and there's a couple that I didn't miss out on. I just didn't didn't appreciate or just didn't didn't gel with me at all. Um, would I go back and listen to this again? Some songs maybe, but this is not one I'm going to pull out. Um, I'm like I said, I'm a greatest hits guy when it comes to the Doors. I can kind of I can kind of understand that and get with those songs. But as far as been down so long, I, that is an absolute killer song. Crawling King Snake, the cover, I think is killer. Um, the hits, of course, the the Lover Madly, the L.A. Woman, and the Riders in the Storm. That's what holds this album together and makes it stand out to be possibly essential listening for anybody who wants to get into the Doors. Obviously, this is going to be a staple in a Doors fan's diet. Um, my overall score came out to be 7.5, which is exactly where I would see this album in my ears. Um, somewhere between Very Good and Great and I'm good with that score. Chris, what was your overall assessment? Yeah, I think overall it was a solid listen. Uh, I think uh, the thing that surprised me the most on this is how much blues was infused into this music because when I hear the hits, it's not blues. You know, It's mostly the psychedelic rock stuff they do. But, right. but I was really surprised by how much of the blues that, that they're influenced by. Uh, you know, it's uh, it was a mixed bag for me overall. Early on, I, like, I, I liked the first... Uh, I don't know, first five songs, I guess, and then kind of six, seven, eh, kind of a letdown. Crawling King State was great. The Wasp, eh, it's, I don't know. It's the Wasp. I mean, it's it's fine, but like <laughs> some of the stuff's hard to review because it's more like him just speaking right. into the, you know, reciting poetry or whatever he's doing there. Uh, it definitely closed strong. Uh, you know, it, I got to say, Morrison, he, he had a commanding presence and his vocals were kind of raw. You could hear, kind of hear pain in his voice. I mean, stuff like that's art. It really is. So I got to give him credit for that. Uh, he was who he was. Now I will say some of the stuff in the in the middle, La America, Hyacinth House, uh, The Wasp. Those songs kind of have a little self indulgent tone to it. I think. Feel like I don't know stuff like that. Just sometimes slightly rubs me the wrong way. Uh, I don't know. That said. Uh, guitar driven very well. Uh, the riffs. I, one thing I'm curious about. I, I'll give my overall score, but I do. I, I'm curious if you guys know what happened to the rest of this band after he died. If they went on to do other things, I, I gave it overall a seven point nine. I'm gonna round it to an eight because I think it is a great album. And if you're a Doors fan, definitely it's in your, you know, must listens. So, what was it? A seven point eight? Uh, well, I give it an eight overall. Eight. It's seven point nine is what it rounded to. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you but, know, I heard that the band eventually tried to go on. They did a couple more albums, I think, in the early 70s before they finally called it quits. And yeah. then I think they just kind of throughout the years have done some like little quick shows here and there with different singers and stuff. But I don't think they yeah. really did. Well, so I didn't go on. No, I know. musicians that, uh, in this band. You know? Well, yeah, these, these guys are like uh, great musicians. I know. Yeah. 
Ray Manzarek, he he did he produced quite a few albums. Yeah. And even did some stuff on his own. I think he was But as a yeah. unit, as a No, as unit, a unit, were, I think this was pretty much after it the for mid them. after like around the early seventies they get, they called it a day because they just couldn't move yeah. on without more. So. Yeah, it's kinda I mean, sad. They probably felt like they had the rug pulled out from under him after he died, you know, because they were on their path, you know, and then next thing you know, it's like a Kind of like Nirvana, so, I guess. He's you know, so like, unique and talented. His voice, it's, yeah, a, it's his, hard to replace him as a with a front man. Yeah. You know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's the Doors is Jim Morrison. Let's just be honest. Well, and there's something I was going to tell you. I read this week, uh, and I can't find it right offhand. But apparently, Morrison was so isolating that he was that the he was not reliable. According to his other band members, it was hard to get him to show that. up on time and and actually show up in some cases. So. Um, it's a shame that he passed away. I can't imagine what they could have done for, you know, a few more years together. But yeah, I mean, they had some great talent there. You had, I mean, you got a guy that's playing bass and keyboard, bass keyboard, if you will, uh, organ at the same time. There's a lot of talent there. And I yeah. think, and Eric's long dead. Are they, is there any of them still alive? I don't even know. I don't know. I didn't bother to look that up. I'm not even sure. I don't know, but I know. I yeah. Man's I don't know for away. sure. I it's been a few years, thirteen maybe. Yeah, it's something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I know. I, I knew he died. Maybe nobody else had died. But he, he was actually. I, he was a really smart guy. You know, he was. Uh, he has a degree in economics. He studied law for a year. He was also uh, an intelligence officer for the U.S. Army for a while. Oh wow! I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, he was a super smart guy. Well, heck, um, we're rolling out of that, Matt. What do you think about the final thoughts of the L.A. Woman? Yeah, I think uh, it's probably like the best album for the Doors to have gone out on because I think it kind of sums them up because it's a very imbalanced album. And I think right. that, that kind of sums up the Doors. That definitely sums up uh, Jim Morrison. He was, I think, you know, when you have that much kind of talent, you tend to, it's hard to find the, the right balance. And usually, when you're overly creative, you get destructive. And That's I think true. I think he could never really find the right balance between being able to create and channel his artistic energy. That's why he was doing a lot of drugs. But you got to say, when he was able to channel it, you know, he produced some of the best stuff in rock history. He really right. did. And his vocals. I mean, for me, L.A. Woman, those vocals. Like I said earlier, it really just sounds like it's coming from another side of the universe or something. Some of those when he really and he's like he's in total control of his voice. He yeah. can do with it exactly what he wants. He can take it to any extreme he wants. He can be very smooth and soft with it, mellow. I'll give this overall, um, I think 7.5 is a good score uh, because it is an imbalanced uh, album. But it's definitely worth listening to. Uh, for me, Love Her Madly, I've always loved that song, Madly. Um, <laughs> Cars Hiss By The Window, I know we had some disagreement with that, but I effing loved that song, Cars Hiss By The Window. Um, you guys go back and give that one another uh, listen. You might you might like it. Listen for the boom. The boom. <laughs> yeah, he nails all it. With, with all it out hits you, man. Uh, yeah, and then, of course... L.A. Woman, Riders on the Storm. Those are those are just some of the best stuff the Doors ever did, period. And uh, I think that combination of Manzarek and Jim Morrison, that was just a fantastic combination, those two. So, yeah, I'll give it a 7.5. Fair enough. Anthony, what's your final thoughts? 
Well, mine came out to 8.35. I was actually going to round it up to a 9 because I think it's a pretty excellent album, even with a couple of the uh, hit or miss songs on there. And I think this was a. I'm not even going to read my notes. I'm just going to kind of go off what I'm, what I'm, what I've, because I'm kind of changing my thoughts while I've actually done this review. With you guys. Go with what you thought. Don't let, uh, yeah, dude, go with your thoughts. No, no it's not, I'll, it's give, not you, I'll give you some crap. I'm not dude, sure I agree with my notes 100% now after hearing the review, is what I'm saying when I wrote stuff okay. out before. Um, but I do think it's an excellent album. I think it's a great album from the Doors. I think it's a great album. If you want to get into the Doors, it's a good album to start with. I think it has a lot of great tunes on it. There are probably earlier ones that may be better entry albums, but I can't argue with how good the album is. I think this, the album shines, and when it shines, it really shines, and that's the reason why I gave it a nine, because some of these songs are just high on the pantheon of uh, classic rock songs that you know that will be around for eons to come beyond our lifetimes and lifetimes beyond it. Oh, yeah, so. definitely. Are you... Are you just rhyming these ratings? Because you said one song was great and you gave it an eight. And then you said this one's shine, <laughs> shine and you gave it a nine. <laughs> well, I told you I love poetry. So, you know. Um, He's I'm, just rhyming God. these things. I'm man. a poet and don't know it, man. So, oh but, my uh, God. Awesome. Cool. Awesome. Well, guys, uh, this was a great, great listen, Matt. Thank you for hanging out with us today. It was a pleasure My seeing you. Pleasure. I haven't seen you since we played basketball at the rec center, I think, many, many years ago, dude. That's, I mean, that was like in the 90s. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. I mean, that or may, it may have been even high school. <laughs> I can't even remember, it man. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah. Long time but, ago. Uh, it was, he it got was out of Dodge soon ago. after high school. So. That's what I was getting to say. <laughs> you, you are a uh, Kentucky graduate, aren't you? Yeah, I sure am. Yeah, go Wildcats. All right, I'm just going to throw it out there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, my uh, my family is a uh, Wildcat Nation for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, go nonetheless, points <laughs> yeah, off for yeah. that. But go ahead. You also yeah. went to we Bama can, for I'm, a year too, didn't you? We need to we I need to mute Chris. All right. Anyway, uh, I mean, are Anthony there other, other North other Carolina schools? pretty hard last night. I got to give him. Oh, that was a heck of a game. Oh, are there other colleges in that area? I wasn't familiar. No, there's not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand what they like. Anyway, Anthony, what do you got going on this week? Uh, song lines and tan lines is uh, another Christmas episode, the third closing out this week. Eagles, please come on for Christmas. And uh, I forgot the Jimmy song I paired it with. But uh, anyways, that's what you got to look forward to this week. So if you like cool. Christmas, tune in. If you don't, tune in anyways. I need the hits. So. All right. Well, guys, so I didn't, for those of you I didn't pull a clip for their, uh, our uh, next week's episode. Well, not to be That's okay. But, yeah, the, but we're, two weeks. we're basically all picking two our five weeks. favorite, uh, yeah, in two weeks, our five favorite uh, albums of the year, kind of do a year-end uh, wrap-up for that. So. Yeah, that we reviewed. Um, guys, I, first of all, this has been a great, great year. Um, I appreciate us getting together just about every week and, and discussing music, hanging out. Um and for our listeners out there, whether you celebrate Christmas or, or whatever you may celebrate, we hope you had a great year as well. We want to wish you a Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. We'll see you guys next year. Yep. For the Audible Ecstasy Podcast, this is Jimmy. This is Chris. This is Anthony. This is Matt. And this is it. <laughs> Windows not a chimney. Widow's sonic boom. Windows, not a gem with a sound.
listening to the Audible Ecstasy Podcast. Join us next week for our year-end review.